Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give you a quick introduction, so this is Bentley Lewis. So we've actually been looking at your portfolio in class quite a bit because you went like way above and beyond. Oh, cool. Okay. For your uh, portfolio piece. And then, yeah, just like the all the amount of like UI that you built into it and the storytelling was really, really solid. So yeah, so today I wanted to just kind of have you break down your approach uh, to your portfolio, talk through kind of, I mean you're two months into the, to the new role. So like, you're a great person to talk about, like what was the job hunt like? What was the interview process sure. like? And yeah. then just open up to any other questions. So I guess you want to start from the top, kind of like your, tell your story. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Um, well, I don't really have much of a background in analytics. I didn't go to school for, for analytics or business or anything like that. I went to school for music, um, but I took a statistics course when I was in college and I was really into it. So fast forward like five years, um, you know, I have a family now and I was trying to find a more stable career. So analytics seemed like a pretty solid choice because I'm in statistics and it's, you know, it's a good field to go into. Um, so I started my journey with that like in September of 2022 or, or October. And I liked that I did the Google analytics certificate. I went like partway through that and it, Honestly, it was it was helpful for some of the foundational stuff, um, but yeah. So I did that, and then I also did some like side work for uh, volunteer side work for uh, a small startup. I, I created like a twenty twenty two report for them, this and that. But basically, I didn't start applying for jobs until I joined John David's program, which was all the way in April. So it was like what was like six months or seven months before I actually started applying. And looking back on that, is like I should have just I should have just like created like one portfolio piece and start applying. And that's, you know, as soon as I joined John David's program, he was like, all right, let's create your resume. And we like, we did it really fast. He was like, all right, looks good. Start applying, you know, <laughs> which yeah, was, so what was the hesitation there? Did you just feel like some imposter syndrome? 
I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't feel like, like I was ready. I, you know, it's like, oh, I want to have this together, then this together, and this together. Maybe it was just like, you know, unknowingly, just some fear there or something about actually just getting going and actually putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you just, you just got to put yourself out there, you know, and, and it's, it's iterative, right? You like, you, you put something out there, you put out a portfolio piece. It's not that, you know, it's okay, but then you can always just keep iterating and making it better and better, better. Like your resume, I changed my resume like three times. This portfolio piece that you guys are looking at, I changed it like three times, but I put it out there, you know? Um, so right. yeah, you can even like post it and ask like on LinkedIn or something and ask for feedback. And then right. you're kind of like crowdsourcing your ideas. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I guess that's, that's sort of what I did in the sense, cause you know, I was in John David's program and we'd, we'd have groups where we'd meet and look at our portfolios with the other students and with uh, his uh, associate Katie. And, you know, I got a lot of feedback and on my portfolio pieces and then went from there, went and, pr- and improved them and put them back out there. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, how many jobs did you apply for? Probably apply? all said and done over 300. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I had, you know, and during the time of applying, the market was not great and it still isn't, I don't think. Um, we're, but I got, we're in a weird economic time right now. Like I think, yeah. Essentially, I think we have a hangover from flooding trillions of dollars into the economy through the pandemic. Uh-huh. And now the easy money has gone. So right. all the, a lot of these tech companies are just collapsing upon themselves. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, the first, I don't know. I, I think, so yeah, I'd applied to like about 300 jobs or so, or so, somewhere around there. And I got, I got... You know, I heard back from a few people, but I there was one position where I I got an interview, and then I ended up going through four rounds of interviews. And then at the last interview, they told me it was down to me and one other person, um, and the other person got the job. And that was for a business analyst role, hybrid. Um, yeah, so it's I I almost got that one, but then didn't. Um, and I that one I got by messaging a recruiter on LinkedIn for that interview. Um, I saw that they were they, had a, they were hiring for a bunch of positions, so I, men- I messaged them, and he, he checked me out, and then called me up. Or we scheduled the call, um, and then the job that I actually that I got, I had my resume on Indeed, and they actually reached out to me like a few months back, letting me know about a position, and then I didn't hear from them for a while, but um, they ended up calling me calling me back again in August, and we. I had one interview and that was it. And this was this position is a full it's it's in person five days a week. Gotcha. So what was the interview process like? Uh in terms of like the actual interviews? Well, okay, so what I've been telling students is it's typically three phases. So you have a phone screening, which they just kind of check to see if you are who you say you are. Yep. Then the other two are not necessarily, it just depends on who's ever available. It's the technical interview and the behavioral interview. So the technical, you're talking to like the senior analysts or, you know, somebody who's in the data. And then the behavioral is probably like manager, maybe upper manager to see if you're a good mm-hmm. cultural fit. 
Yeah. So that the way it was for me was the first interview was was with the, an internal recruiter, and that was super laid back and easy. Um, they just you know wanted to check a couple boxes like, do you have a car? Um, do you have, have you ever cleaned data before? Just simple questions like that, and it, and it's like basically yes or no answers. That was really easy. Um, and this is for the the job that I didn't get, but I had the four interviews. Um, and then the second interview was with uh, the manager of this whatever this department who I would be working directly underneath, mm-hmm. um, which which was kind of like a cultural fit thing. And he asked me, you know, like about some problems that I've solved in the past, kind of stuff. So. Um, just to see if I'm competent. Um, and then I had two more interviews after that. One was with like the director of this section of the company and then with the the vice president of sales. Um, none of them were technical interviews, actually. It was more of a, every single one seemed to be a cultural fit kind of a thing. Um, you know, and, I, and I, they were interested when I talked about like, some, well, so you know, would you be like the first analyst on the team or? No, no, it's, it's, it's an established, um, fairly well-established company. It's, it was Baldor. You ever heard of them? Like they're, they're, um, they're a wholesale food distributing company all up and down the East Coast. Okay. Um, so they, they definitely were established. And I guess this was, they were like sort of like trying to branch out um, in their like national accounts and they needed more business analysts in that area. Um, yeah. It, so if it's a business analyst, well, it might not have been super technical. I don't, I don't know what, what was the tech stack going to look like? So it was Power BI, which, oh, I, which I knew how to use. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I'm most comfortable with Power BI in terms of BI tools. Um, so yeah, it was, it was Power, Power BI basically. Gotcha. And then what about so the, so the job you landed, did you say it was two phases? The job I landed was just, well, it was just one interview. They, um, they saw my resume and I think that was the most helpful thing. And I honestly, I'd say like, the thing that helped me like get in, my foot in the door for the interview was having the experience on my resume. So doing, I did an apprenticeship through John David, uh, John David's program and that's on there. And then I also did some volunteer part-time work for like that small startup. And I just had that on my resume and it, it just says, my resume says business analyst for that company. Um, so, you know, I mean, I wasn't doing that much work for them, but I was doing some. So I think that really helped, you know, so I just had it, as if I was working there on my resume and that helped me get my foot in the door. Yeah. As long so as you I, did something and it, it's, it sounds like you didn't oversell yourself. Cause like that could have been a red flag in the interview. If you're like, Oh yeah, I was a advanced machine learning yeah. data analyst or whatever. And then they ask you questions and you can't even like talk about the basics of it. Right. So it's like, you don't. that's kind of a gray area, but you, yeah, you want to position yourself. I mean, cause it's like a business analyst volunteer position. But yeah, I mean, right. that's real work though. Yeah. I mean, I was technically doing, I was doing part-time work. I had like some dashboards that I was updating every month for them and, and doing a, a few like ad hoc analysis for them. So I was technically doing part-time work for them. So, so I was able, and I, and when in my interview, I said that I'm, you know, working part-time for this company basically. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So cool. that, yeah. So yeah, with that, it was, they found me on Indeed said, hey, let's set up an interview. I went in, I interviewed with the CFO, um, the head of the data department, and then someone else from accounting. I don't know why they picked those people, but all three of them were in the interview, and it was about an hour long, and yeah, it was fun. They asked me, they, it, we really didn't get too technical, but they were mostly um, impressed with um, 
like my potential, you know, like I really was excited about the position and I wanted, you know, I wanted to come in and make an impact because I did and, and I do. And I'm really trying to do that now. Um, and I think they really felt that. Um, and also, you know, I was able to give them a few ex- examples of problems I've solved that in previous roles. So, Right. And I think that's pretty common for, you know, getting your foot in the space. Yeah. Um, because they, they can look at your resume and see that, like, okay, you don't have 10 years experience in analytics. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it, it sounds like they're interested in hiring somebody that brings a lot of energy and kind of, like, energy to it. Um, and, yeah, and, and they can develop you. Like, so you'll be learning about the business and then you already have a start on your technical skills, but you can just build on top of that. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was more about, more about the, uh, the potential I showed and, and the energy I put forth and the vibe that I, that I was bringing. Um, yeah. With, you know, a few technical things mixed in there. Like they, they were excited to know that I knew how to use power query, um, things like that. So. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's pause here. Students, do you guys have any questions about the job hunt or the interview process? I've got a question for you. So um, sure. you said you're working like in person in an office five days a week, right? Yep. Um, I don't know if you would have much of a gauge for this or not, but would you say that your path to coming into that job is similar to a lot of your coworkers? Or do you think that most people come out of like an internship or some sort of other apprenticeship program? So uh, compared to the people that I work with right now, you're asking? Yeah. I know for a fact that my supervisor, he's been here for like six or seven years. Um, he started with an internship. So, um, and it's like, there's the other people that are in my department. Um, there's like a, there's a call center here and they like, it's the department I'm in is called data integrity and they transfer from the call center into here. Um, so I don't, I, yeah, I know one of them came from an internship and I think the other ones just came from different departments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Sure. I'm sure. I you're having. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. That's all right. Uh, I guess it's not really about the job hunt or the interview process, but um, like when you're going into work, is it usually more project based, or do they have stuff for you to do every single day? We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David's students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Um, well, I guess um, part of the role and why they like me is, is they wanted me to take initiative 
Um, so there are like day-to-day -day data integrity tasks that I need to know how to do and help out with, like cleaning cleaning up our our database in Salesforce. Um, but any, but there are projects that are happening. But I'm actually taking the initiative and like and analyzing our operations and things like that and creating things based on that. And there's some things that that they throw at me. You know, like we just had like an annual report, so I did a bunch of reports for that. Um, but I think, and I think this goes for probably any job, you know, it's like if you are willing to take initiative and like try and assess the situation and and try and find things that you can improve, that's very well received by anybody. And we should be doing that, you know, obviously you don't want to overstep your the boundaries. You want to be, you know, you don't want to try and like do too much, but whenever you can take initiative, have the chance to take initiative and try and improve things, you, sh you should do that. You know, and I think that's that's a big part of my role now, so. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like, I think it's hard when you're an undergraduate and you haven't like gone out and worked like a full time job, like skilled labor job. Like, yeah. what is then? Like, what does that look like? Like, is it? Are you going into the data and finding insights to give to your manager about making a better business decision? Are you automating different reports? Because that's essentially the pro the apprenticeship project you did. Is we had you know with with Charlie we had one business process that somebody was spending hours a week doing and you just pulled the data into power bi automated that process and then gave an interactive dashboard so yeah. that essentially frees out frees up someone else's time for them to empower them to do high level work instead of just mm -hmm. the i mean i think the ai revolution is going to pretty much eliminate all of the redundant work repetitive work like that right but it may take quite a while to like trickle down into you know not super sophisticated kind of tech oriented companies. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of like my company is definitely not using AI for, for many things. And I'm sure there's a lot that aren't, you know, um, right. probably some of like the bigger well-known companies probably are, are ahead of the, ahead of the game on that, but I'm sure there's tons that aren't, and it's going to be a while for that. Um, so I guess to go back to your question, um, in terms of like taking initiative. So it's, it's both really like right now, like in, there's, you know, I'm basically like, and I guess, I guess I'll say this, a lot of it has to do with like trying to look at the big picture. Like what are the company's goals? What are they trying to get at? Um, which is hard, which is probably the hardest part is like learning to understand that. Um, and then kind of going from there. So, so there's, I, you said like two things, John David, you said like um, process improvement stuff and then like, finding insights within reports. And I've done a little bit of both of that here. Um, mm -hmm. So like, and really it's just like, I think what it comes down to is like questioning things. So like for process improvement, I'm like going through and doing some of these data integrity processes to see, you know, and, and, and doing and whatever, yeah, doing the processes, but asking why, asking like, is there a way that this can be done better? Do we really need to do this? What's the purpose of this? You know, why are we doing this process? What is the outcome that we need to get from doing, from engaging in this process and even the other day you know it was like we had been doing this process where we go on and delete these invoices or whatever and it's like why do we even need to do that you know so i asked that and it turns out we we don't really need to but we're spending you know like whatever it is an hour a week on it um so i think that's like a big part of it like asking why why what's the point of this why am i doing this what's the purpose is this what is this helping us achieve um i, I would so essentially what you're doing is you're applying critical thinking yeah, yeah it's, so you know yeah, that's a buzzword, and everybody's like critical thinking. <laughs> we're teaching you critical thinking skills, and I don't 
I don't know if you can necessarily teach critical thinking. I think it's like something, it's almost like teaching entrepreneurship. It's like kind of something you need to do and you need to like go through it and you need to make a mistake or do things inefficiently and then kind of build off of that. Right. And I think, I think a good way to like help build up critical thinking skills is to, is to ask questions, right? Like, so like, why, like what's, what's, what's the purpose of this? What's actually essential to, to this? What are we really trying to get at? Um, I feel like that's a huge, that's, that's, that's a good formula or whatever you want to call it to, to start going in the direction of actually trying to think through things critically or like, you know, um, I don't know. It's like thinking, it's like if there's some sort of process, it's like, can that be automated somehow? Right. You know, can we automate this? That's a good question to ask. Um, and usually it's like, if you can think of it, it's like, if you can imagine it happening, there's, there's probably a way to do it, whether it be with, you know, whatever Power Query or if you know how to use like Python or something like that. Um, yeah. Now, I think that's, that's a key to your first one or two analytics jobs is what you're doing is you're kind of building up like a repository of these mental models of, you know, hey, this is how I've approached a sales dashboard. Or, hey, here's how I've approached, you know, combining data sources and building a dashboard. You know, so you, you have experience to pull off of, so you're not starting from, you know, step one every time. You can kind of conceptualize things based off of the past work you've done. And that's, that's may seem obvious, but that's why experience is so, is so valuable and important. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, I mean, there's, yeah, there's the process improvement stuff and then also the, the analytics stuff. Like I've been, you know, my, the president of the company is really focused on automatic renewal for memberships because we're a membership company. And, and I'm just trying to, I've been trying to do some analysis within that realm, you know, looking at automatic renewal, like where are we falling short? Where are we doing well and why? Um, and it's it's hard it's hard to find answers, but you know again just keep asking questions and trying to dig deeper into into different aspects of what you're looking into. So, right, yeah. So it's, it's getting back to critical thinking. I think it's hard to improve your critical thinking unless you've got a novel or a new problem to solve that no one else has solved. And I think that's where a lot of like traditional education falls short, where it's you're not going to go into the working world and the right answer is C or the right answer yeah. is B. It's like, yeah. it's, there, there might actually be multiple right answers, but you've just got to, you've got to conceptualize them, implement them, and then justify like why this is good or not. And even if you're slightly wrong, that's a dialogue that you're having with your manager, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you want, it's, and it's good to be, you know, to go for things, but be transparent the whole way right. and show them, show your manager what's going on and, and they can give you feedback and cause you're going to need that, especially if you don't know what you're doing or you don't know the business that well yet. So, yeah. All right. So I've got a question for you. What's your tech stack look like? Okay. Um, now, well, I guess I'm not an expert in anything yet, but I, I'm pretty proficient in power BI and power query at this point. Um, and I do use ChatGPT quite a bit. Oh, that's cool. To... Tell me about that. That's awesome. Sure. So, I mean, I use, you know, Power BI, and if you guys are familiar, it has a coding language called DAX, Data Analysis Expressions. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I know some DAX, not too much, but I, but I use ChatGPT. It's like, you know, I mean, if I want to, whatever, get the ratio of something, get the percentage of something, you have to divide things, you know, stuff like that. So I'll, I'll use, um, 
ChatGPT asks, how do I write a DAX, DAX code for this? Um, and I, I've gotten it. There's, there was one that was quite advanced. It was like, take, take this, this member number and look at their invoice and see if it had a previous invoice that was this and this. And, you know, DAX can do that kind of stuff. Um, it's pretty advanced. But if you go back and forth with ChatGPT enough, it can often give you an answer. Um, oh, interesting. So you 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 would kind of lay out the prompt in chat. You would say, "Hey, I need to look at like well, How does it know the variables? Like how, how does I guess you would say, "Here's the data." Like how does how does prompting in ChatGPT work? That's also yeah. really cool that you're using that. Like that's you're you're able to like kind of punch above your weight in terms of like technical skills. Well, that, that, that's exactly right, and that's yeah, yeah. And I've, I've done it a lot. And I mean, just on, as a side about that, I will say it's it's good for that, but it's like I I think it's much more valuable to actually know how to use the tools because because if if because then it makes it easier to troubleshoot when because sometimes when you try and do things with ChatGPT, it it like loops you in circles and doesn't give you a correct answer and you don't if you don't have the skills to like and if you don't know the software you're using or the, the tool you're using it's hard to like figure out where the issue is and fix that um yeah we were actually talking to john puller uh, from maven last week mm -hmm. about sql and like understanding uh, like deep sql knowledge and he, he yeah. said it's like yeah power bi tableau a lot of these systems will automatically generate the sql code on the back end but having an understanding of the coding language and the syntax and the frameworks is actually really, really valuable in how you yeah. kind of scope out projects. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Um, totally, I, yeah, I think knowing is, knowing things, actually knowing how to use the tool is probably better because it helps you you'll be able to accomplish things faster and, and troubleshoot way more effectively. Um, but yeah, with ChatGPT, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take. I'll say, hey, from this this table, from this uh, column, from this table, I want to divide it by this column from this table. You just kind of tell it that. Or you don't actually have to give the, the, the table names if you don't want. But it, you say, I have a, ta a column in a table that I need to find this out from, and, and then it'll it'll give you code for that. So, all your work is in Power Power BI and Power Query. So no, sorry. I okay. So. <laughs> A lot, a lot of what I'm doing now is in Salesforce. Um, okay. And if it, Salesforce is a really good tool to have, and it actually there's there's a free there's like a free learning platform for it called Trailheads. If anyone's interested in learning how to use Salesforce, um, a lot of companies use it. So Salesforce, um, which I'm still like beginner at in there. So I know some Salesforce. I know Power BI and Power Query and Excel. Um, I don't really know Tableau. I haven't I haven't really used it. Um, you know Power BI, you can learn Tableau in like yeah. a day. Right, exactly. Yeah, so there's that. And now I'm, I'm be becoming uh, more familiar with like Power Automate, um, which is a pretty cool tool and, and quite well, useful. Well, what's, what's Power Automate? Is that? So it's it used to be called Microsoft Flow, but it, it's, it's a Microsoft thing um, where you can create these flows that automate processes, basically. So like, I mean, for example... My company wants to run a static report for whatever for this thing. So I'm, what I'm getting it to do is I click a button and it refreshes my 90 Excel files. And then I click another button and then it, trans it transforms every single one of those into a PDF, emails it out to individual people and stores it in a folder all with like a couple clicks of a button. Wow, that's cool. It's awesome, yeah. And, and, and for Power Automate Desktop, like you can get it to like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like UI. 
direction. Mm -hmm. So like it'll open up a file and, and click where you tell it to click it and then close the file. So like if you ever have some like things where you have to move stuff around on your desktop, it can automate those processes. That so, so so you're sending individualized reports to each of these people on the yeah for that for that one yeah it's like ninety reports so using Power Automate with one click of a button well, actually two clicks because one click in a separate flow to refresh everything and then one click to, to send it out send it out send ninety different reports to ninety different people based that's, off of a master report that's huge think about how much time you're saving I know yeah awesome yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah it's cool so, stuff. So. Yeah, so like they, what you're doing is it's, you're almost like recruiting this like little Android to go in and do all the redundant tasks so that mm -hmm. you can go in and start doing like the higher level, higher level thinking work. Because right. yeah, like you, there there are a lot of things that you have to make assumptions about. You have to understand, you know, what is the overall business game you're playing, and then kind of think about it critically, but. I mean that's that's a huge amount of value just learning these tools to automate things. Yeah, and especially really as a contact company. I mean, I, mm. well, how how big is the company? Like, it, how many employees does it have? Well, it's a franchise company. So, and I work at the headquarters, the corporate headquarters. Okay. Um, and there's about fifty people at the headquarters, but there's like 90, 90 or so fran franchises. And so, are you learning how to do all of that from someone else who's already done quite a bit of it? Or are you kind of blazing a new trail? So the Salesforce stuff, I'm learning from my supervisor. He's he's like super knowledgeable about computer science and our database and Salesforce and everything. You got a mentor. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's huge. Like I would be lost if I didn't have that because because Salesforce is like the meat and potatoes of of what we use here. Um, mm -hmm. And um, but everything else, I'm, I'm sort of trailblazing on my own because you know I'm trying to well like the power item automate stuff. Yeah, and they didn't even use Power BI, but I've been I've just been using Power BI Desktop to create reports and there's some reports in power bi or in because salesforce has its own reporting um it only goes like one or two layers deep though right yeah you can't really do joins um you can yeah. do like join tables so but power query you can join tables together so it's like there's certain reports that they haven't really been able to do successfully in salesforce and i came in and figured out how to do them in Power BI, basically. That's all. So, okay, so the whole, like, data team is just, like, one guy that's above you. Yeah, well, there's 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 two other in it, but they're they're more focused on the day-to-day -day, uh, data quality tasks. So. Right. So that, that that's an interesting kind of conversation to have around. Like, if you wanted to go work for a huge company, there's going to be, like, three or four levels of management within the data. And then also, too, you got to think about it, you might be the fifth analyst. There might be like a whole, gen like three or four generations, five yeah. generations of analysts for you. So like when you get a, an analytics job, a smaller company, I mean, it's really cool because you get to create it. You get to like envision it. Um, and I think that's really, really valuable for learning. Yeah, it is. It is if you're willing to, to step it up and try and figure things out. I mean, it's it, gotta be frustrating, like a little bit more frustrating at times. Yeah, it can like, be. It would be, nice, it would be nice if there were a handbook that you could like. Go I know. <laughs> I know. And, and yeah, it's it would be nice to like. I guess that's the value in being at a big company. It's like they just sort of give you your work and, and tell you to do it. And and if you have any questions, you can just go ask somebody. Right. Um, which would be which is nice. And I guess my my job is sort of a blend of that. It's it's nice that I have somebody to ask questions to like regarding our database and, and the main stuff. But I would say I would say there's value though, like. Of, of creating new work or new system improvements because that's going to give you some job security. Yeah. 
Exactly. If, yeah. if anybody can do your job and it's you're, you're just kind of people can just swipe in and out of that role. Um, exactly. They might downsize that department. They might not over put it overseas to somebody who's much cheaper mm-hmm. than you. So yeah, it, it, they're trade-offs to the bigger and the smaller companies. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like one of my big motivations is coming in and, and I want to like find those things that you're talking about, things that people haven't thought of or process improvements that, that I can come up with to, you know, to help me with job security and, and helping the business grow and improve. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Since you guys have got any questions about kind of day to day, what he's doing. Um, yeah, I got a question. I don't really know if it pertains to that, but, um, do you think it'd be better to like for SQL, for example, or do you think it'd be better to learn SQL and then start applying for jobs or kind of apply to a bunch of different jobs, see what you can get and learn a coding language if they need you to? I think you should just start applying um, and just start applying right away and, and at the same time, start learning something. I mean, I don't really, I don't really use SQL. I learned SQL before this, you know, to a certain degree. Um, and actually I do, there's Salesforce has its own SQL language called Soquel. It's, it's a little bit less uh, capable than regular SQL, but I would say just start applying and start learning a skill. Pick one skill, be it Excel. Let's see if you can get really good with Excel and see if you can get really good with SQL. I think SQL and Excel are probably the, the most in-demand skills for a data analyst. Well, that too, I guess, but I was, I don't know. I always see, um, yeah, I see a lot of people saying start with Excel and SQL, and I think that makes sense, especially Excel. It's like you have to know like, yeah. at least basically. I was going to say, Excel is the most ubiquitous analytics tool yeah. that's out there. Like every, every single company has it because if you get a Microsoft computer, Excel is built into the platform. Yeah. So yeah. That's and I guess, accessible. Yeah, and I guess it depends on what you're going for. If you're going for more like a data analyst backend type thing, you might want to focus more on SQL. But if you are doing something like a, going for a business analyst role or something, uh, something along those lines, it probably is better to – to learn Power BI or Tableau or whatever it might be. So, so Liam, are you interested in learning SQL? Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I definitely want to learn SQL. Uh, there's a couple of other things, I know, like Python and R, uh, but I know they're both super in-depth and super time-consuming, so I don't really, like, I don't want to waste all my time learning one language and then apply for a job or something, then they require a completely different language. Um, yeah, R or Python are pretty advanced to my understanding. Like that, that's kind of like, then you're getting into like senior analyst range where you can do some really crazy stuff. I think SQL though is relatively, uh, Bentley, you know more about SQL than I do. It's relatively easy, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can be pretty advanced. Like you can do a lot of cool things with it, but the basics of SQL are quite easy. So it's, I, I'm sure you could learn SQL, basic SQL in like a week. Yeah. Less, honestly, it's, it's super easy. I just, I'd, yeah, just find some sort of, if you want to learn SQL, find something. I don't know, like there's Maven Analytics. They're really good. Um, I learned it from the Google Analytics course. Um, we literally had the the chief marketing officer on last week. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he, he gave like a pretty good like strategy for SQL. And actually, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. So he said, there's like this free website where it walks you through like the basics of how to pull data. Mm-hmm. And then there's like seven commands to learn. And then once you kind of get your head, head around that, then maybe look into joins. And it's like enter and write join. And that's really all you need to know right. um, to get at least like an entry-level job. Because, William, you're not going to be like getting an advanced data architect or database administrator role. 
So all you need to do need to know is like tell SQL pull this data um, and then you know order it from highest sales to lowest sales, something like that. I mean that's that's yeah. relatively seek, like seamless. It's not not that that high of a barrier. But Liam, my advice to you is put SQL on your resume so that when you get an interview, you like you need to know it. So it's gonna line a fire in your ass. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, there's stakes, you know, like, mm. like if if you get these opportunities lined up, you're gonna have to rise to that occasion. So it's gonna like you kind of animate you to push further into it. Yeah. All right. So Bentley, I'm curious about how did did you present that Power BI um, dashboard in in any of the interviews? I didn't. No. No. <laughs> so funny because like, <laughs> oh, I've got feedback for you by the way. Oh please. So Charlie, so the um, so Charlie, the the CFO who who you worked okay. for, he was saying the documentation you've done is some of the best he's ever seen. He's been working. Oh wow. For like thirty years, he was like, it, it was it was almost like an employee handbook of like the the project that you worked on because you like annotated everything. You were like, here, click here, do this. This is where the data is mm-hmm. coming from. This is what we did. Um, and I, do you think that's from your music background? Or it's like it's, it's like how you think is is so much more organized than myself. <laughs> like it's very much like here's step one, here da 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 da. Step two, da 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 da. And then it's it's just so much, and then you visually documented it, which is so cool. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I think I don't know if it's from my music background. I just wanted to be thorough and make things as clear as possible. And I'll tell you what really helped me with that um, is the book called Tell- Storytelling with Data. That book is amazing. It's so good. Um, it really helps you focus on like helps you with visuals and whatever you're trying to display, how to show it in the most effective way that that allows for the least amount of mental processing on the, on the user end. Right. Right. So that's, that was like, that's like my intention. It's like, what's, how can I present this in a way that, so the, the end user has to use the least amount of mental energy, mental capacity to understand what's going on here. Right. Cause especially when you're building out dashboards, a lot of times like C-suite executives are using them yeah. and, and they have sometimes minutes to like digest the information before they walk into a meeting yeah. or some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, I don't know, you want to make it easy for people. If, if you're making people's, making that stuff easier, you're making their lives easier. Um, gotcha. And then all that stuff, so, yeah. Okay. So we've got seven minutes before you got to hop off. Mm-hmm. Um, students, any other, any last questions? Or Bentley, do you have any, any advice? So the advice, the big, the big piece of advice I've heard from you is start applying now. Don't yeah, wait. Start. Scale it up. Um, also too, it sounds like, being on all of the different job boards is important because yeah. like indeed is not really something I usually tell people. I'm usually telling people LinkedIn is, is the best. Yeah. I mean, you might as well put it, any, put yourself out there anywhere you can, you know? Um, uh, yeah. And yeah. So put yourself out there anywhere you can apply, just start applying. Um, and also if you can get it, find a way to get an internship or like try and do some volunteer data work for, I don't know. Your, your parents, friends, company, or whatever it might be. If you can find some volunteer data work or apprenticeship, you should do it. You should 100% do it because you're going to get real-world experience and you're going to have something to put on your resume. Um, I feel like, that honestly, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Like, go get experience somehow, whatever way you can. Yeah. It's really interesting how back 10 years ago, 
a college degree was enough to get you your first job. Uh-huh. And it just does not seem like the case anymore, unless it's like a really kind of menial job. Right. Like you've got to have the degree, plus you've got to have skills, which um, most programs are not really teaching real world. They're, they're teaching frameworks, which I think are valuable, but mm-hmm. um, a framework doesn't get you from zero to one in terms of like doing a job. Yeah, right. Exactly. You've got to have hands, hands-on learning at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put yourself, throw yourself in the fire. Find some somebody, a business that you can help out with data and, and do it. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. All right. We got five minutes. Any questions? All right. Cool. Well, Bentley, I, I don't, I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you taking some time during the, the, the busy work week. Yeah, but sure. I'm, also, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You're killing it. Thanks. Like, you're really, really well. Like, yeah. like you, you put a ton of work in when you were in my program and, uh-huh. Like you're really likable, so I'm not surprised the interview process went really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's exciting to see that you're going out and just building rapidly on top of that skill set you you developed this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, right on. I, and I really appreciate the foundation and, and you lighting a fire under my. my <laughs> it was it, it helped a lot to get into your program. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good one. I'll see you. You too. See you guys. Take care. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.